Welcome to City on a Hill Gaming, a 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons actual play podcast. Let's meet our players. Hi, I'm Grant, and I'm playing Trather Wimblin, a human fighter. Hi, I'm Jenny, and I'm going to be playing John Abermere, a crimson-born human. Peter, Bertrand Greystone, Dwarven Forge Cleric. William R. Ericocro Magi. Daniel, I am playing Vatten. I am a half-elf ranger. Hi, my name is Ben, and I am Twig, or Shem. I am a rogue bard and a, a goliath. We hope you enjoy our episode. Welcome back to City on Your Hill Gaming. I am your Game Master, Ryan, and with me for this recording is Jenny. Hello! And we're gonna, we're gonna do more world building, but very yes. particular world building. Yes. Maybe. Uh, so Jenny's character... It's easier to keep it particular. Yes, it is. That's fair. Uh, the last thing we did was very, we just kind of went wherever, and it worked, but this, this mm. I think, will get a little more, a little more straight, straightforward. Yeah. Uh, so your character... John is a Crimsonborn. Yes. Which is a replacement I made sort of for Sorcerer. And Crimsonborns are only from a certain region of the plane the game is set in because to be Crimsonborn is much like being a Sorcerer, is not necessarily expressly by choice. Um, and to be Crimsonborn, you have to have received sort of an infusion probably unintentionally, of something called Crimson Energy that comes from a rift in the desert, and that rift is next to the town your character is from. Um, so there's two things I've never done, which is flesh out that city and flesh out what's in the rift. So those yeah. are the things we're going to do now. Because <laughs> um, the rift sounds like a place someone should go at some point um, oh, yeah. while we record, and so it can't hurt to figure out what's there. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so we... We, we wrote stuff down for Greyhold last time, I think. Well, no, okay, yes. we wrote stuff down for outside of Greyhold. Um, for yes. the monastery. Yes. Monastery. Which was the Fenestraria. Fenestraria, right. Uh, and Shepherd Lay. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Swift Hands, which is the cleric group that originally saved John after John's parents died. Yes. During the sort of wave of Crimson Energy, some people did not survive, some did. Um, and, okay, so we have the Swift Hands of Shepherd Lay, and we have the Monastery to Finistraria, um, which is a desert succulent, yes? Um, I mean, most, most succulents are, most succulents are desert succulents, but yes, this one, um, is often found, at least in the wild, in, in, like, if you go to a, uh, a nursery and ask for Fenestraria, you're going to find something that's like a bunch of, they're called baby toes. They, they stick up out of the ground and all that. Okay. But yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, in the wild, basically Fenestraria are. So, so plants work on photosynthesis science time. Plants work on photosynthesis. Um, Fenestraria has a gel inside of them that refracts light through windows in it so it's like partly see-through it's really cool oh at the Um, top okay yeah yeah at the top so um that gel um refracts light onto the chlorophyll in the green part of the leaf it needs this because it's mostly underground all of the green parts of the plant are in nature underground Um, oh okay and there's only very small flowers that seem to come out of it 
Yeah, and it's generally like one bigger plant with like a tiny white, uh, white or uh, yellow flower coming out of it. Looks sort of like a, like, like if a... you um, sucked all the life out of a daisy. I was gonna say daisy. It looks like a very thin daisy. Yes. Yeah, like there are also skinny, purple skinny ones. Well, purple? I've not seen purple before. I've only seen uh, white and yellow. Um, huh. This so, yeah. one looks like it's actually in the wild. Mm. As opposed, because most of the ones I'm looking at are actually in. Um... Like nurseries. Gotcha. Yeah. Huh. Um, That's a really cool looking plant. Yeah. Like all, I think all succulents look really cool. Uh, sure. That's actually partly what I wanted to run by you for world building today. So okay. first off, I think the Fenestraria Monastery um, either, and I, I think either would be cool. I think it would be cool to, for it to be basically made out of these spires that have beautiful stained glass in the top. Um, uh, can I also get like stupid pretentiously deep here and be like the like the symbolism for the Fenestraria is um, intensifying the light of God to Earth because the Fenestraria plant is magnifying light from the sun. I think it would just be really cool symbolism for the Fenestraria monastery to be sort of magnifying the light of Yahweh on earth uh that's that's my thought on that and then secondarily i think other desert-based monasteries could also be named after different succulents like there's uh one large group of succulents called um sempervivum which means always living which i think is just really cool sort of symbolism their monasteries might be based because the Semper Vivium plant is, um, it's like, it's shaped like a rosette kind of thing. Um, uses uh, Fibonacci spiral math stuff. Um, uh, you can also find some that have like these ropes hanging between them. Or not ropes, but like these little webs. They web themselves naturally. Um, I think it might be cool to have a monastery that sort of looks like that where the buildings are sort of very narrow and thin and then they're connected with rope bridges or something like that i might be getting a little bit silly here but i i know i'm just dig it like it's the i've I've looked the plan up that is really cool looking yeah i I actually have one upstairs um they are incredibly cold tolerant so that might be like a little bit north of the desert Or they can be incredibly cold tolerant. Mine happens to be incredibly cold tolerant, but not all of them are. Sempervivium arachnoidium. Yes, arachnoidium. Arachnoidium. Yeah, it has that really interesting, like that legit looks just like a spider's web. Yeah, it's it's so cool. Fine silvery hairs join together the green leaf tips like a spider's web, pink flowers. That's really interesting. It is. Jenny knows all the cool plants. Huh. I'm just sort of obsessed with succulents right now. I can't really be stopped. Fair. Because it's honestly one of the least expensive hobbies I've ever gotten myself into. (laughs) Like, seriously, everyone's all like, oh, I'm spending so much money on plants. I'm just like, it's $6. I got some of my plants for $2. The most expensive one I got was $12. And then you just make more of them because when their leaves fall off, they just turn into a new one. It's a completely, oh. like, 
with renewable as hobby. Plays, as someone who plays Magic the Gathering, I understand the sort of consistently renewable expense aspect of that. Yeah, and like also as as somebody who is into um Japanese street fashion, which can be pretty expensive at times, like sure. like to see people complaining that a plant that's five dollars is too expensive i'm just like oh my gosh mm. please <laughs> why are you like this these are um, real weird but i like it the semper vivians yeah yeah they're, they remind me they're... of like the inside like how the petals are like slightly different colors when it opens it almost reminds me yeah. for some reason of like an artichoke yep yep um you know in a weird way it's got kind of that yeah artichokes also work on fibonacci spirals oh okay that's what it is so yeah, there you go. Um, math. Math, yeah! We've done yeah. math and science tonight. Yes. Okay. Um, I like so that. Yeah, basically, just, I like that. I, I like the idea... Hmm. How to phrase this? I've always liked the idea of the church... Hmm. I, I, or rather, I feel like at least the Anglican church doesn't um c- celebrate or or um use imagery that god gave us okay. to bring that symbolism in we don't but... tend to focus on the beauty of nature so much yeah in, in anglicanism we're focused really heavily at least in in my the way i grew up in anglicanism we were focused so heavily on like the mysteries of god and and figuring stuff out i don't think we just sat back and watched and looked enough um what's uh, already around us uh, yeah so fair fair i like i personally like the idea of basing monasteries off of what god gave us off of plants off of like maybe even just rocks and minerals in the area we have all of these beautiful things that we aren't hmm, necessarily using sure in ways that we could okay now i'm gonna get weird and look up latin stuff all right is there a latin word for that oh that's disappointing no it's not as interesting as i wanted it to be unfortunate (laughs) It's not. It's not a full transformation word. Oh. Like like semper vivum is a Latin word, I think. Uh it's two combined Latin words that mean always living. Right. Monastery is just monasterium. Yep. That's, that's disappointing. <laughs> I wanted something more than that. That's what you get when you have. Okay. Uh, okay. That works actually. Yeah, Germanic language stealing Latin. Okay, here's what we're going to do. I actually like that one better. So instead of Abbey, you have Abatia. Hmm. Okay, I like that, actually. Because I don't want them to all... They don't all have to necessarily be monastery in 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 name, at least. No, yeah, yeah. And I don't know originally why I started off with the sort of Spanish influence of Monastery Day. Eh. But I'm keeping it for the second one, so that's fine. It's, it's also very French. It's all, like... It's based on Latin stuff. It's not completely out there. Yeah, and I guess if the names are going to be based off that, this may as well be too. Yeah. That works. Okay. So now we have a second monastery. Very cool. All right, keep going. All right. Um, do you yeah. want another monastery? Uh, do something in the sit in the town itself. 
town itself. All right. Let's, let's um, go to Greyhold. Let's go to Greyhold. Edge of a it desert. It was sort of like giant yeah, rift, not super big area. Yeah. Um, I was thinking for the town's industry, probably a lot of shepherds and okay. not and goat herds, goat herders. Um, because when you're on the edge of a desert, you don't really get a lot of farmable land to make textiles with. Um, and goats will eat anything and everything forever. Reasonable. So um, they're and not the, the worst. Are adorable. Oh gosh, they are. There's a farm near my parents' house that has a handful of adults, but also has a handful of, or did have a handful of very small, very cute goats. Mm. Um, I'm thinking there's also something to do with obsidian. Because mm, I've, yeah. made, I've made obsidian obsidian a theme of that desert. Okay. And that region, and it's partially because of because of the dragon. But mm-hmm. in theory, that could also be something the city has learned to um, work with. Yeah. I think that would mm. be an uninteresting option. Okay. Yeah. That works. Um, okay. Uh, okay, give me something else about the city non-manufacturing based. Non-manufacturing I based. Guess. Let's go that way. I can give you, like, a restaurant. Okay. Like a tavern or something? Um, I'm thinking more or like actual, restaurant. Actual restaurant. I'm, okay. I'm thinking actual restaurant. Because, like, taverns are, are kind of everywhere. I think this... Fair. I think... This town would have like an actual somewhat fancy upscale restaurant. Okay, with sort of like a a very like dry climate style um menu, yeah. Menu. Okay, go for it. Yeah. Um for a name I think it it may have been named after the owner, I think. Also give me a race for the owner. Antonia's uh, Antonia's, Antonia's restaurant, uh, or just Antonia's or something like that. So Antonio's uh, or Antonius? A, Antonia. Oh, Antonia. Okay. Yeah. Um, and for race, I'm gonna say half orc. Okay. Got it. Okay. Because I'm muting when I type. Okay. Uh, okay. So Antonia's restaurant, uh, Antonia's a half orc. What, what doth Antonia and her staff serve? Um, hmm. I think what they would do is they would basically take like a lot of sort of things your mom would cook at home, like stew and meatloaf and, and that kind of thing. And then like amp it up and just like, it's just like your mom used to make, but like richer and, and, um, maybe using some spices from like way up north or way down south like just sort of experimenting with old classic favorites okay so there's a region not far from from here and it is home to a group of um oh i completely went blank uh genasi Mm -hmm. so i think they might have some like really unique spice options yeah okay i dig it um and it's got a lot of like sustainable stuff mm-hmm. potatoes and yeah like root like. vegetables kind yeah, of thing okay nice um give me something else yeah, give me a person 
a person of importance person in Greyhold. Of importance. Um, it doesn't have to be like a doesn't have to be like a mayor or something, but someone someone who is is well known in the area, other than her, okay. or other than Antonius. Yeah. Um, um, someone who's well known in the region. Yeah. Uh, I think it would be um, the head of the town guard. Okay. I like it. And I think she'd be a dwarf. I think her name would be. I keep coming back to Mildred. I don't know why. It's very. Oh, you know what? Let's make her an old lady. Okay. All right. Go for it. I th- uh, I think she'd she'd have been around for a long time, like longer than anybody else. I was pretty much. Say, what's old in dwarf? Very just real old. I don't know. I don't know like age conversions for D and D stuff. I have the PHB right here. I can probably look it up. Uh, um, age of maturity. Okay, dwarves mature at the same rate as humans. Oh really? I thought they were old. They're considered young until they reach fifty and live about uh, three fifty. Okay. So it's sort of like roughly the same rate, but then you push past significantly. Okay. All right. So yeah, I think okay. she'd be around like two hundred okay. and eighty or something like that. Like oh, okay. so high two hundred. Yeah, like she's an old lady, but she still is able to kick butt when she needs to. She's the old school homestyle restaurants and uh, recipes Antonia's is based on. <laughs> Yes! <laughs> She's like Antonia's like adopted grandmother or something. Sure, yeah, yeah. That sounds good. Respect that. Okay. Um what's her name? Mildred. Mildred. We're gonna oh we're gonna go with Mildred. Okay, I dig. We're gonna go with Mildred and we're gonna keep her an old lady okay, because make her Mildred yeah. Make her Mildred something or Mildred the something. Mildred Let's go, let's go full dwarf. Embrace um, the full dwarf. Mildred, I'm no good at dwarf names. I've, I don't okay. remember the last time I played in, a dwarf. In honor of Mike Perna, let's make her a bard. Okay. Um, <laughs> and she's sort of like head of the town guard by way of. She's the constable who talks people down. Yeah. Okay, so let's what about make... just Mildred Perna? Perna sounds like a cool dwarf okay, name. Okay, I dig it. All right. I'm fine with that. All right. Mildred Perna, I like it. Okay, we'll go with it. Um, okay. Let's go... Let's go just outside the rift. Okay. So the rift, I, I imagine... I need to write this down because I actually haven't figured this out yet. I would think would probably be... Maybe like 30 feet long. 30 feet. Probably 6 or 8 feet wide. Like 30 feet in um horizontal length. Yeah. And then maybe like 5 or 6 feet at its broadest point And like, it's open. And constantly crackling, but like uh, yeah, like in its in its healed state now. I think yes. when it first opened, it would have been like sure, massive, like absolutely ginormous. Well, and at this point, it's less that he's gotten it like shut, and more that he has it contained. Yeah, not actually like fully closed necessarily. Yeah. Okay, okay, mm-hmm. I dig it. Um, yeah. so what's around it? So I think that when it did open up real big and then was, like, partly closed and contained, I think there would have been, like, red crystal scars left behind, as it were. Like, where the rift used to be, it's now sort of, like, smoothly rippling red crystal. Um, I think that there would be, in the surrounding region, like, 
multiple generations of animals that were crimson born so okay. at this point um shorter lived animals would have gone through like multiple generations so like birds in the area like vultures red crystal oh red crystal vultures would be such a cool band name for like a metal band <laughs> So, I say this. I, I don't know how the generations long... move. So how old is John? John's actually pretty young. I think John's about twenty. Okay, I'm gonna say John, it was probably John was probably like eight or nine. Does that work? I think John was a toddler. You want to go real? Okay, so let's say eighteen. Years. I like. I don't think John remembers his parents at all. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah. Say so, so let's say eighteen years since it opened. Mm-hmm. Uh. And I don't mind the dragon having been sort of in exile in the desert for that long because planning takes a while. Yeah. And becoming yeah. gathering your resources takes a while. I think I think that's actually workable. Okay. Yeah. And like I also think it would have taken like as much as it, it it like busted out of the rift and just like wreaked havoc, that would take energy and it would need time to, you know, recuperate. When the dragon's not from the rift. Oh, it's not. No, okay, so my... my oh, that's right, it was going to be sucked into the rift, and then... Oh, his yeah, plan was yeah. to push it through, like, try and force the dragon through oh. the rift to get rid of it. I don't know why I, badly. I forgot that. Yeah, no, no, no that's fine. Why. I don't remember it half the time either. Um, <laughs> I have to I have to go through the notes every once in a while just to to keep up with what all I've, I've written. Um, yeah. Okay, I like that. And there's sort of, like... I like the idea of, like, these jutting out... Like, sort of, like, the edge of a volcano. Yeah. Where it's, like... The lava rock has sort of smoothed over, mm-hmm. but is very clearly not like actual ground. Yeah, I like that. Okay, all right. Uh, and it doesn't like it's not blasting like it did when it was opened originally. No, but it's still a little okay, crackly. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I dig it. Um. Oh, and I think it would smell like when you rub copper on your skin, and that oxidizes smell. Okay. Oh, like a penny. Yeah. Which fun fact, pennies don't actually smell like anything. It's um it's not the penny smell, it's the your your oils on the penny smell. Really? Yes. That's interesting. It's fascinating. Huh. Weird. Okay. Yeah. But like it makes sense because your your nose wouldn't have any metal receptors. It's just like okay, the smell true. of oxidization. It's just the smell of oxidization. Okay, okay, now that makes sense. I never would have thought about that. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird science facts time with Jenny. Yeah, that's what we're doing instead of puns this week. Yep, science facts with Jenny. Science facts with Jenny. Okay, I dig it. Uh Okay, what's I want? I want there to be, I want the Crimson Plane to be something. Okay, so like fully on the other side of the rift, what's it like? Yes, I mean I want there to be like the energy is normal there. That's mm-hmm. a part of of it's like Krypton almost, where like yeah, Clark Kent is nothing in particular on Krypton. Everyone's the same mm-hmm. there, but yeah. when he's on Earth, it's different. So I want something like. I want there to be a distinct, like, I want the plane to not just be, like, D&D is, has a lot of things, like, the plane of air, mm-hmm. which is just open and kind of 
airy. I don't, yeah, and like the plane of water, which is just mostly water and sky. Like, I'm generalizing, yeah. but I don't know that I want it to just be just a vast crimson wasteland. Yeah, I was, I was thinking, like, if... Maybe, mm-hmm. like, maybe it's, like, behind Selensar in terms of, like, technology mm. and advancement, but there is, like, I don't want it to just be, like, a barren wasteland. Yeah, I would think there would be... Okay, so I like thinking about the way light refraction works, and I sort of almost want, like, the Crimson Plane to, like, yes, have a fair amount of red, but, like, when its energy comes over to our side, the light refracts differently. Like, Like, how... I have blue eyes, but the blue, it, like, my eyes, if you were to, like, open them up and take the iris out, it wouldn't be blue because it's light oh. refracting. Okay. Like, how, how your your blue or purple veins in your wrist, like, the blood there isn't blue. That's just the skin refracting light differently. Oh, um okay. Yeah, uh... Learning. I thought for a long time um, that your blood actually turned blue. It doesn't. It it's it. That's just how light refracts. Um, it's why it's why human beings with albinism um, often have blue eyes, not red. But rabbits with albinism often have red eyes because their skin refracts light differently than human skin. Oh, okay, interesting. Science facts with Jenny. Yeah, you, we're going. We're going all in. I like it. Yeah, so I'm I'm thinking like yeah, a fair amount of red, but not not just that, just that. Yeah. Okay. 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 Um, it's not just like this barren red abyss of rock and no swirling nonsense. Yeah. And and magicalness. Okay. 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 I like that. Yeah. I do want there to be some kind of like, I almost want it to be kind of like a wave, mm-hmm. almost like a windstorm or like a dust storm. Okay. Like the crimson I... energy kind of comes through. Like, yeah, there is it's a, just there is a something... visible tech, like a visible quality to something happening. Yeah, I like that, and that I feel of... like the locals would just like plan for it. Yeah, like yeah, I've, I've just... heard that that like, um, in Afghanistan, uh, when our our soldiers would come back from that, they would talk about like the five o'clock windstorm, like the right. five o'clock sandstorm. Like it's just on the regular. It's so oh crap! Regular. Five o'clock, time to go inside. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's almost like um, this is a terrible example, but uh, not terrible. It uh, old faithful. Yeah, the yeah. geyser, like old faithful, legitimately largely uh, erupts on a schedule. Mm-hmm. The waves come on a schedule. Almost. Yeah. Like there is a, c- a consistency mm-hmm. to the happening. Okay, okay, no, I like that. Um, what 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 do you consider the locals to be like? Let's let's make a sentient. Uh, not necessarily bipedal, but like sentient race. As much as we said we didn't want it to be all like red crystals and stuff, I'm a big fan of that Star Trek episode where they find a silicon-based life form. Okay, I'm gonna have to look this up. It's an old episode. Um, Star Trek. Canadian I mean, Netflix has it. G- Google is very accustomed to me asking to someone asking this question, so that seems fun. <laughs> um, I'm clearly not the first one to. Yeah, so it's basically like living rocks. Okay, so similar to okay, 
So it's sort of like a like a like a like a golem, but not a construct. That's just how they con- live. Okay, 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 right. Like like warforged, but not warforged. Yeah. That's really as as cool as I think the lump is, I would also like them to be like, you know, have legs or something. Okay, can they be do we wanna go full crystalline bean? Or do we wanna like stick more like almost like construct, like you said, like they're made of it is an actual physical life form. It, I think it's an actual physical life form. Okay. That is just mostly crystals. Maybe I think maybe not all red. I don't yeah, want there to yeah. be like a different color of energy on the plane, but there is uh, there can be some variance. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Na- name them in their language. Let's name them in their language. Is there like a Latin Latin word? I almost for... don't want to go Latin here because like we've got so much Latin base in our plane. Okay. I'm wondering if we want to go um uh... like Slavic based. Okay, Google Translate. Come here. I, I have questions because yeah. it'll just let me change languages consistently. What do we do? We want to do crystal, or g- give me a word to translate, yeah. and we'll translate into a bunch of languages and go from there. Uh, facet. Facet. Okay, let's go. Uh, I don't like Maori. I always like doing things in Maori out of curiosity. Um, uh, Fasca. Fasca. That's Russian. Okay. Um, let me see if I can get to Polish. Hungarian is too long. Ukrainian. Interesting. Oh, I don't know how. I'm going to listen to that. Haranya. 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 Okay. Interesting. Where is Urdu from? Oh, that's Middle Eastern. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's Middle Eastern. That's not. Right. I'm not going to pronounce that correctly. Um, Malay. I, oh, Malay. It's just facet again. Okay. I like Haranya. That was Ukrainian? Yeah. Haranya. Okay. Do we want to change it like like Haranya? Okay. So it's not just straight up spell Ukraine. It. Spe- um, spell it the way we're going to. Like H R H I Y. Oh, I I misspelled oh. it already. Heck. Okay. Uh, there we go. My my Slavic is yeah. That's not uh ooh. Okay, I can work with that. Haranya. You might want to put like an apostrophe between the N and the Y there. I almost always do with these things. Cool. Because I do that for some reason. For, for the listeners, that is H-A apostrophe R-A-N apostrophe Y-E. Apostrophe. No. Um, <laughs> I don't think you can end a word. You probably can in some language. It's fine. Um, why not? And why not in theirs? I mean, hey, tell me of the Haranya. So we've described them. Mm-hmm. What are they about? I think, I think they are, as much as like they aren't technologically where we are, okay. I don't think they'd necessarily need to be. Okay, um, sure. I almost want to make them, like, first off, can we make them peaceful? That's fine. Um, um, I guess the energy is not their fault. <laughs> yeah, like it's not, that's not on them. Um, I can live with that. I think like the local wildlife might be very hostile. Okay. Um, so I think they might be very much about sort of like building preservation structures. Okay. And, and preservation and that kind of thing. Okay. Um, 
I think they are probably a little bit bigger than humans, like orc size. Okay. Uh, I'm thinking not super long lifespan. I was thinking very long lifespan. Oh, you're going to go very long. Uh, like, yeah. like elf. Yeah, like elf. Like, basically, okay. if something doesn't break them apart, they don't die. Oh. Because they're rocks. <laughs> I guess it's sort of like think... Warforged. I mean, Warforged essentially are just... Yeah. Unless you take it apart, there's nothing to... <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. I can work with that. Hmm. Oh, I think if they get sick, they get sort of cloudy. Ooh. Sort of like the... Um... Yeah, okay. The Chris Yeah, I like that. Interesting. That's a twist. You can see it. Yeah. And one you often can with people. Yeah. Okay, okay, no, no, I like that. I like that a lot. Okay. Yeah. And you can sort of tell what general kind of disease it is by what color the cloudiness is. Interesting. So yeah, it's it's like just you can physically tell a lot about them because there's very little of them that can be hidden. They're okay. see-through. Sure. Um, sure, sure, sure. Start describing. Give me some wildlife options. Wildlife options. Um, something similar to, like, a bullet. Like, okay. like something... I'm thinking of a particular beastie enemy from the video game Bastion. It's like oh. this this hopping, snorting thing. It is. It is. I'm sorry. Okay. It is a lung kit after all. Frog-like monsters. Yeah. But like, spiky. The famous, the enormous lung kid named Sir Lunky. Mm-hmm. Dig it. Okay. Okay, so they're sort of like quadrupedal rock monsters. Yes. Okay. Belay was not something I was familiar with. Okay. Oh, that's a D&D 3-5 monster that was really popular. Okay. Um, I believe they are tunneling-based. They look like a bullet. Oh, yeah. Okay, sure. Bullet, I think. Oh, um, is that where the actual... Gotcha. Yeah. So sort of like quadrupedal, like, rock monster. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Uh, give me some... Oh, wait. Okay, we need a name. Okay, well, I mean, it worked for the first one. Hold on. Let me go to... <laughs> what did we use? We used Ukrainian? Yeah. Uh... Okay, what's the Ukrainian word for quarry? Ooh. Karier. Karier. Facebook message? No. Depends on the kind of quarry, because I think the one it automatically translates as is, like, like an enemy kind of thing. Oh, but, sure. Um, a mine? Is uh uh vidubav buvati vidubav vidubuvati vidubuvati. Oh, that's a much longer word. Okay. Yeah. Let me do this one. Okay, I sent I sent you a thing. Sure. Okay, we'll go with that. Uh, now give me another one. Let's have two. Another one. Um, I think these ones could be tamed as beasts of burden. Kind okay. of. Okay. Okay. Um. So, like, bigger about, like, a, a big cow, like a buffalo or a bison, whatever. Um, like, they can be tamed, but it's not common. <laughs> uh, very sort of, like, 
Like, as much as it's, like, yes, big as a cow, very, like, blocky and sort of squat-ish. Like a squat cow. Okay. Okay, okay, I like it. Mm -hmm. All right, now let's do a... Okay, so that's our quadrupedal rock friends. Give me a... Give me a second thing. <gasps> uh oh you got a thing. I'm sorry, I just, like, for, for a name for the Beast of Burden... I looked up the Ukrainian word for hall, like H-A-U-L. Okay, sure. Oh my gosh, it's oh. nuts. Don't use it. <laughs> that's a lot of letters. <laughs> yes, it is. It's like 14, that's more than 14 letters. That's so many letters. Yeah. Oh. Okay. I actually like how it sounds, but that is a lot of letters. Okay, so you yeah. want the Beast of Burden to be a separate thing. Yeah, yeah, separate. Okay, okay, I was thinking different. that was the... So are the oh, like the same thing. No, no, no. Are this the, is the second, tameable? Okay, so they're not tameable. The other. Okay, so we need a yeah. beast of burden. Yeah. Beast of burden style. Can be tamed, but not necessarily. Okay, so yeah, let's go with a name for we them. Can, we, can, we can call them nesties. Okay. Nesty. Because Carrie in Ukrainian is nesty. Nesty. Okay, alright, so let's do... Because I had one thing I wanted to... I decided... I, I had a character... I had an NPC I wanted to use for something. I had named the NPC. I know what the NPC looks like. I had no idea what I was doing with the NPC. I think uh, the character is a golem. Okay. Uh, and I think the character is like the one person who has already gone through into the rift. Okay. And just kind of walks the rift. The character's name is Rahina, the rift walker. Okay. Um, okay. For those who play Magic the Gathering, Rahina is essentially Golos. Um from M20. M20? I think it was M20. Golos Tireless Pilgrim, which is a super cool, super cool card. Um, and I think just looks cool. Yeah. Um, just like, Golos is just like a constant wanderer of the area. So Rahina is the Rift. Rahina the Rift Walker. Okay. So is someone who sort of wanders the thing. And I kind of wanted, I want Rahina to be sort of like an analogy for Paul. Okay. Um, sort of a like, who maybe is crimson born, and maybe didn't do some good things at some point, mm. and has now made the choice to walk a different path and learn more about the crimson born. Okay. Okay. So we're gonna do. So that would be someone you might encounter in the rift who isn't from the plane. Mm -hmm. Okay. So here's something we haven't done. I didn't think about this till just now. Obviously, in Selenzar and the world you guys are in, it is called the Crimson Plain, the Crimson Rift, etc. Yeah. What is it called there? Hmm. I'm just thinking about what our characters call their plane, and it's the Material Plane, so I'm wondering if they would just call their plane the Material Plane. Oh, okay, plane. interesting. I hadn't thought about <laughs> that. I mean, like, your plane has a name that I assume, because like, we call it Earth. I, well, I guess that's still just kind of the same thing. I never thought about that. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. I found a word I do like, though. Mm -hmm. So it's the Ukrainian word for rose. Because okay. I think they they don't have to have a negative outlook on where they're from. No, no, certainly Like, not. necessarily people like you guys would from the other side. Yeah. Troyanda. The Ukrainian word for rose is troyanda. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I love it, but I'm I'm going to write it down and we'll go from there. Yeah. I may change it later. I may come up with something else. Because uh, I want them to not consider... 
Like, it's like, if you're on the plane of water, you're used to the fact there's a lot of water. Yeah. If that leaks out into a different plane, it's a problem. Mm-hmm. But in your plane, that's what's supposed to be there, so it's kind of... It's fine? Yeah. I want I want that to be how they consider their... Like, they don't see the Crimson Energy as a problem, necessarily. Mm-hmm. It just Okay, is. do we use it as sort of a power source? Like, they have, like, hmm. windmills that gather energy, for, like, that turn their... So, like... I mean, like, old-school windmills, like, water wheels and stuff. Yeah. For, like, processing grain, but that use the crimson waves. Okay, that's a really good idea. I like that. Let's do... Like, not water wheel, or, like, water wheels... Like, something like a water wheel or a um, windmill Mm -hmm. to power simple things. Yeah. Uh, Like, grain mills and stuff. Yeah. Okay, let's do one more. Let's do one more thing, and I don't work. I'll let you. I'll let you pick what it is from okay. from this kind of concept, or it can be from something else in the world. Hmm. I'm not opposed to that. I wonder if some of our world leaked into theirs. Okay. Some of. I just don't know what that would look like. Like, what would we have that they don't normally? Uh ooh, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about it like that. So, what if it was clouds? Okay, but they're different like, on their side, right? Like yeah. clouds and rain. Yeah, like I'm wondering if they didn't have weather systems, if it was all based on crimson energy. So we but brought now, a little bit of a weather system in. Now they have actual storms, because and it's more of like an atmospheric thing. Like our atmosphere has now messed with theirs. Yeah. And I think the crimson energy, because it comes in waves so regularly, it might have sort of like managed to keep it back. Okay. So so the crimson energy is sort of keeping our atmosphere at bay a little bit. Um, and anything that would upset the the crimson energy waves would then so allow they look our, forward allow to the crimson our energy. atmosphere. Hmm? They look forward to the crimson energy. Yeah. Okay, interesting. I think that would be a reasonable thing. Or like sort of like the the Gulf Stream can make its way through. Like it's just another. It's like a mountain pass. It tempers yeah. the weather, but the weather still move the the storm front still moves through. Huh? That's never yeah. something I'd thought about. Where like weather passes through a planar bridge, because yeah. it's one that doesn't close. Yeah. Huh. Okay. I like that, actually. That's kind of cool. I dig that. Okay. So there might be like, oh, no, it's raining. And you guys are like, yeah, it's raining. They're like, no, it's raining. Yeah. yeah. This is like a thing. <laughs> let me let me look something up. Okay. I'm wondering if there are any silicon compounds that are water soluble. Oh, okay. Interesting. Silicon dioxide does. But silicon carbide is water insoluble. I'm wondering if some of the um um haranya are silicon dioxide based where others are silicon carbide based. So the silicon dioxide people are much more concerned about the weather patterns than the silicon carbide people. Dioxide. 
which is water soluble. So the rain actually hurts them. Like, maybe not a lot, because it's just rain. It's not like we're making them swim. But silicon carbide is water insoluble. And of course, like, that's obviously super simplified. I'm sure there's something else going on. Heck, excuse me, my my science may be wrong, but... Um, Interesting. But it's like a thing where rain doesn't affect us, necessarily. Yeah. But it does affect some things. Yes. Okay. Okay. Interesting. And so for some, maybe like some villages or some people in some villages, if a, if a system does pass through the rift, it can be a real problem for them where everyone else can kind of just go about their thing. Yeah. And it's not a problem. Okay. I like that. Okay. Cool. I dig that. Thank you. You're welcome. So we, we did some more world building. That's super cool. Okay. Ginny. Mm -hmm. Tell the fine listeners of all the saving the game awesomeness all right uh saving the game is a tabletop rpg advice uh podcast focused primarily on looking at it from a religious perspective um although we have done ones that are just you know silly fun it's, it's sure it's, uh, yeah and, and we've done ones that are much more heavily on the religious side of things sure uh, we're currently doing our um alignment series where we look at the alignments of um standard D, &D um which are lawful neutral chaotic good neutral and evil uh we just finished recording our neutral uh, our lawful evil episode fairly recently um okay. and uh that was an interesting one uh, it should neutral, be out by the time lawful neutral and lawful good are already out correct correct yes okay um and uh yeah, so you can find us at stgcast.org. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Saving the Game. You can find us on Facebook at Saving the Game. And we also have a Discord channel where um, uh, you can uh, talk about stuff. There's a lovely group of people doing devotionals on a re very regular basis. I want to say daily. Very um, close to it, close, yes. Close to it, yeah. yeah. Um, we shoot for that. Yeah. and um, there's even a, I think it's... there's a channel where you can leave prayer requests. Yes, there is. We even play fifth uh, edition. That's been on going the on channel. for longer than. Yes, it that's been going on for longer than the devotional. Yeah, I think long, probably time. longer than I've been on the channel. Uh, than I've been uh, on yeah, the, it was the it was like one of the first sub channels that. It's I like, think hey, Grant can we made. do this? And they're like, yeah, yeah sure, why not? Mm -hmm. And I think it's it's um, because the community is very willing to share in those moments, and it's good to have other people willing to listen. Mm -hmm. It's been nice. Um, yes, and yeah. you guys are also on Patreon. We are. We do have a Patreon. Uh, is patreon.com slash saving the game sounds about right i think that's what grant says at the end of most episodes <laughs> saving yes okay patreon.com slash saving the game um is there patreon and we are now on patreon um patreon.com slash city on a hill gaming i think yes patreon.com slash city on a hill gaming check out their patreon go check ours out special thanks to our patrons um joanna Ashley and the fine folks over at the Nerd of Godcast. Big thanks to uh, them for their donations. That's that's been super helpful, and we do genuinely really appreciate it. That's gonna, I think, give us some new recording options in the future that I am much excited about. Mm -hmm. Um, and you can find us on Twitter at City on a Hill Game, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, just search City on a Hill Gaming. Jenny, thank you. This Ryan, was super cool. We you. we got through a lot of things. We did. And I, I feel much more comfortable with that area because it was basically non-existent. 
Yeah. Um, there's all sorts of, and I like these monasteries. Thank you. I like, I've got, I can sort of see them in my head and that's good. I like that. So we appreciate you guys listening. Have a blessed day. Thanks for listening to City on the Hill Gaming. For more information, you can find us online at cityonthehillgaming.com, email us at cityonthehillgaming at gmail.com, or find us on Twitter at cityonthehillgaming. For more information on saving the game, you can find Peter, Grant, and Jenny at stgcast.org or at saving the game on Twitter. Thanks, and have a blessed day. Um, silvered weapons. Some monsters that have immunity or resistance to non-magical weapons are susceptible to silver weapons, so cautious adventurers invest extra coin to plate their weapons with silver. You can silver a single weapon or 10 pieces of ammunition for ten for 100 GP. Okay, question. Mm-hmm. Is that possible in 5th edition? Is that, is, can you do that in 5e still? I just, I literally just read out of the player's handbook oh, for the 5e. Okay, okay. Yes. I hadn't really, I hadn't seen it come up in 5th, mm. but 5th Fifth treats everything a little differently than I'm used to. Yeah. But that's because all I had ever played before was Pathfinder and Fourth. Mm-hmm. But okay. Oh, yeah. Silver weapons. Huh. Yep. Cool. Um, they are really used a lot more often in like werewolf focused campaigns. Like, okay, sure. we are going to kill the big werewolf this is in a thing. general. Yeah. Like, as the whole like campaign. That's when it... it Have you seen Beauty and the Beast? Okay. (laughs) Now we're going to go do a thing. Except there will be less singing and probably no talking dishware. Probably. I make no promises. But mimics, though. When I asked the group for suggestions, when I asked the the Discord server for suggestions for mimics, that was one of them. Oh. But like, it's like a dinner table. Oh, yeah. And you think it's one thing, but it's actually like the chair instead, or you think it's the chair Mm. and it's actually the plate of roast beef or whatever is the mimic oh yeah and that was that was one of their suggestions because i needed mimics for frankly i don't remember what i needed mimics for <laughs> <laughs> i don't even know if i've used them yet did i i think i did